Aloha. Welcome to the Big Dream School Podcast, where we explore the art, science, and soul of rocking your dreams. I'm your very grateful host, DJ Valerie B. Love. Inhale. Now, doesn't that just feel awesome? All right, let's rock this. Aloha, love tribe. Have you ever had an experience of abandoning yourself for someone else or something else in order to feel accepted, to feel loved, to be long to something? This week's guest is a wonderful spiritual teacher. She is a kundalini yoga teacher. She's a woman's leadership facilitator. She rocks super duper hard and she is a recovering attorney. She left her role as an attorney to pursue her spiritual path as a teacher and her gifts and the way that she shares and her magic and her essence is something that I really resonate with. And, you know, she's somebody who crossed my path with a couple different people saying, oh, you got to meet Kenlin. Oh, you got to meet Kenlin. I'm like, oh, shit, I guess I got to go meet Kenlin. And sure enough, I had to meet Kenlin. (laughs) So you do too. And she is just delightful. Kenlin and I get to talk today about many, many things, but practicing the art of sovereignty and the art of truth in your beingness. And She is the author of a book called The Art of Turning 50. She does workshops and courses and mastermind groups for women who are on their path and who have a big mission on this planet. So she's definitely one of us big dream jockeys. She's here to make a big mark on the planet just like you. And she has got a great, great gift. So without further ado, let's talk with Miss Kenlin Colleen. Yay. All right, let's inhale. (sighs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yay, isn't that the best? Aloha, love tribe. So welcome to one of my inspirational teachers, beautiful, beautiful goddesses on this planet. She is a feminine superstar empowerment leader. She tackles life and its challenges from beautiful grace, wisdom, and dignity. She is a kundalini yoga teacher. She runs workshops and leadership courses for women who are finding their purpose after maybe giving it up a little bit in the middle of life. And so um, our next guest is author, also an author of the book, The Art of Turning 50, which is awesome. I have your book right here and it's so, it's gorgeous. Everybody needs to get one, even if you're not turning 50. (laughs) Um, But this is Kenlin Colleen. Hi, Kenlin. Hello, Valerie B. Love (laughs) and tribe. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah, me too. This is such a journey and fun. Our friendship has blossomed and I feel super, you know, privileged to get to have you here on the show and 
get to share what you're up to with the world. And so I'd love to hear from you what's happening in your life right now, what's hot. I, I am going to, I want to hear what's hot for you in this very moment on December 11th. Isn't this great? Ah, December 11th. What is hot for me? Well, um, oh my gosh, so many things, but I'm going to share with you in about eight days, I'm going to turn 52. Ooh, girl. Okay. That is hot for me. (laughs) (laughs) And, and here's the thing about that. Um, I was talking to another friend about turning 52. We both celebrated our 50th. She helped me cross over. She's about um, nine months older than I am. And it, 52 ladies and gentlemen is so much better than 50 and 40 and, 40 <laughs> and 49 and, and everything before. I, I am feeling so grateful that I have been com- becoming more and more myself. Mm. And that is just a huge gift. There was all these lessons learned. And of course, um, we have if we're incarnating now, we chances are, and if you're listening to this now, chances are your path has been challenging because, you know, the universe isn't about to raise a bunch of babies. We are warriors and yeah. we incarnated for a reason. And I think that we need to know from those of us who are maybe elders that there is a point where it comes together and yeah, the challenges are still there. I still have them, but honestly, this last year, people are saying that the 2018 has been, um, you know, quite a year and using whatever adjectives they use about 2018. And for me, it was challenging, but I will say that it's, the challenge is different now. I'm really clear that it's making me who I am. And so as I approach eight days from now, this 52 marker, I'm really celebrating. So thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. Well, that feels good in my body to hear that. And I was, you know, in your book, you talk about, you know, the 20s, 30s, and 40s versus the 50s and how the allowing, like just allowing is, it seems like it's a more, um, it's a more comfortable way of being instead of the like you know, hardcore driven, we've got to keep pushing and moving and grinding forward, which, you know, that is the energy of, of a younger demographic, you know, and that's what we're doing. It's like, I think of like something that's growing out of the earth, you know, it's like that initial stages of growth. It's like, it's pretty powerful and disruptive and there's a lot of stuff going on. But once you do get to be this bigger version of yourself, this tree, as it were, mm. um, you know, it's, it's not as, uh, disrupt, you know, it's not as disruptive. It's not as like, rah, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. We're going to go through some seasons. Yeah, the trees will oh. just go like this. We'll yeah. Go, oh yeah. I got that. Oh, obstacles. Yeah. Move with it. Move with it. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and I love that. So I feel like just hearing you talk about that makes me think of, the comfort of, of the wisdom of, of being a little, just a little bit, you know, further along on the path. <laughs> yeah. And it's your come from place too, because I am super driven and I love, I love that quality in myself. Um, I have a defined root in human design. If those of you who geek out on that know what that means. So I've got this like root that's ready to go. It's pressurized. 
Um, but the come from place is less and less a place of, I have to prove myself, mm. which is definitely where it was when I was 30 and um, I was in law school and I graduated at the top of my class and then I was going to go be a kick-ass lawyer. Um, but then I kind of burned myself out and the universe had in store for me a whole spiritual awakening. So over that time period, the come from place has changed to just being on my mission and feeling the sense of being filled up. That's, an, that's another distinction that we have to learn that our cups have to be filled first before we give out to the world. So maybe a lot of things are similar, but the come from place could be different at this stage of the game. And so do you feel like, is this just a rite of passage that the 20s and 30s and 40s needs to do in order to get to that place? Or is there a way... I don't want to say bypass the that energy of of that the younger years. Is it something that can mm. you know what I mean? Like for, yeah. for, like for just an example for me, drinking. Like when I was drinking, it's like I knew that I I was going down a certain path, but I was really stubborn. And it's like I my being had to go down the for for me to have this experience. I had to go have my own experience of it so that I could come through the other side. It wasn't like I couldn't bypass the wisdom into me, you know, or, or you know, yeah. I couldn't bypass that experience. And so do you feel, what do you think for younger people that, you know, what, you know, you say, what would I say to my 40 years old self? Or what would I say to my 30 year old self? Like, will it land because they're still operating in that code of the youth? You know what I'm saying? Mm, totally. Yeah. That's such a great question. Cause I think it's both. You know, there's, there is uh, definitely wisdom and life experience may be separate and maybe um, wisdom comes from life experience as well. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of young people, probably your daughter and your son as well, right? They're like, they, they have like information dropped in from another realm and they know things and you're like, how did you know that? They can assimilate, they can understand you know, a lot of it is because they're raised by us and also the consciousness is evolving. Our worldviews hierarchically are increasing. I mean, we're, we have worldviews that were not available to us even probably 50 years ago. So there's, there's that piece where I think the, the youngest twenties and thirties and some forties are, are from another world. And there is no substitute for life experience. You, you got to go through it and you gotta, you've got to meet yourself. And I like to say your mess is your message. So, Ooh, girl, you know we're tweeting that. That's going to be really- <laughs> That's good, right? I know. All right. Elo- Eloisa is my editor. So, Eloisa, let's tweet that one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I don't know who said that. I, could, I, I didn't come up with that. I think I heard that somewhere. But if your mess is your message, and I believe that it is, especially right now, then um, you have to make a mess. So as consciously as you can make that mess, go ahead and make that mess, you know, and, and at some point, there will be new awarenesses. Uh, I mean, I have a client right now who is 30. And we call her like the mini me. She has almost the same human design chart as I do. She has the same gene keys chart. 
and we laugh our asses off together so much. <laughs> I, you know, we have so much fun. Um, and yet she struggles with things that I don't struggle with. Um, and she's wise as hell. And she's also, she became a Kundalini teacher this year and her classes rock, but she still struggles with things. And I still struggle with things, but they're not the same things. So I guess it's just, yeah, I mean, that's why I, she's smart to have a mentor. <laughs> I'm smart to have a mentor yeah. so that we can continue to grow and be aware from where we're at and not expect us to, you know, don't use our version of our future self against us now. Mm, I like that. So what's, what's your current mess that you're, you're enjoying, <laughs> I, you know, cause it's like, it's easy for us, you know, who are sharing teachings and wisdom. And I think people have a misconception that it's like, oh, cause you're choosing to share wisdom and be a teacher. You have everything all together all the time. It's yeah. like, heck no, we don't. So what's your, what's your mess right now that you're. I freaking <laughs> love that question. I love you for asking that question. That's that rocks. You know, I, I, and I, I would be mad. Yeah, I would be sweating had I not had my tribe around me. I, a little backstory before I, you know, answer that is I had my tribe around me when I turned 50. And what they said to me, it was 13 women and I was there and I crossed this threshold and they asked me, you know, what are you working on and what are you willing to let go of? And let us feel in our bodies if we feel like you, that's true. Or do we feel like we believe you? Mm. And one of the things I said was codependency. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I said that. And I, and, and really I felt it. Like, I really feel like codependency has been in my, my, um, mother line. And as I watch these strong, powerful women do codependent things, particularly with the masculine, um, and it could be with others, um, I knew, you know, I guess looking back at it all, I feel like I was the one, I am the one to end that in my generational line. Mm. And I've been, you know, I wrestled with it because you're right, I'm, I am... I feel myself as a strong, confident, powerful woman. And we all have like this Achilles heel, right? The, the Superman kryptonite. Yeah, totally. Right. And, and if we didn't, it wouldn't be that fun. You know, we wouldn't want to make a superhero movie out of that. Because part of it is overcoming um, these human characteristics. And I, so codependency was one of them. So that's what I continue to struggle with. And I say I'm struggling with myself. It could be in the form of meeting it with another person. Mm -hmm. But I realize that now I see that I'm really struggling against my own mechanism. So for example, one of the things that gets me really tripped up is when I see someone who's close to me, pretty much a romantic partner who needs something from me. And I wrote about this in like a blog that I had a couple days ago, turning 52, because I have also a couple aspects, and I write about this in my book in chapter eight, Chiron return. Mm. So when a woman is in her, like a woman or a man, anyone, 
um, every 50 years, Chiron, the wounded healer, meets your Chiron in your natal chart. And some people, that's no big deal. And other people, it's a monumental deal. And for me, it was monumental. And that's why you see people who they're looking forward to turning 50, but like life is like a shit show. And I, the, the phrase I used is the barns burnt down. Now I can see the moon. Mm. You know, sometimes you get a divorce or you go into a depression because your kids left um, for college or, um, you know, you change jobs. It, it's just, it could be anything. And it's a real reinvention time. So for me, um, I write about the, I wrote about the Chiron and I have, I just went through my Chiron return. And now just to make matters more interesting, Chiron is on my moon, which is the mother in the 12th house, which is like the, the unconscious. And, and Chiron is visiting me exactly for 30 days over this birthday. It ends four days after my birthday. And I was like, when I saw this, I was like, holy shit, are you kidding me? But then I realized, no, lean in, like whatever needs to go. So for me, my mess is this last vestige of codependency. And I say last in quotes because, you know, it's like layers of an onion. But um, my partner is going through a lot. He's younger, so he is still finding himself and going through a lot. Mm -hmm. And he's leaning on me quite heavily. And I think every woman, particularly, I don't know, maybe men can write in and say me too, but I know for women, we've had such a lifetime of service that when I'm coming into this age, I'm feeling more of my sovereignty. Hmm. Yeah. And my true self. And um, I'm also not buying into someone else's um, view of themselves as less than powerful because I can see the trajectory now. And I'm like, oh no, this is just something you're going through in order to help you see that you're actually really powerful. So in that configuration, I'm having a hard time. I'm wrestling with myself because I'm having a hard time like rescuing or saving. And my yoga has been to just really pull back and allow the person to have their experience knowing that, you know, God is the God of all of us, not just, not just me. And I'm there to help everyone. So I've been getting my mentors together to help me um, really get this lesson that, that I'm okay. And that person is okay. And I don't need to overextend, overgive, overdo it just to know myself as someone who is worthy to be on the planet. Well, and I love that you, that's another thing in your book in the grid that you talk about. It's like the overgiving to feel worth, you know, and I know I have struggled with that too. And I imagine a lot of people, the word, can you, for people who don't know what the word codependent means, like I didn't know what codependent meant until a couple of years ago. I didn't know the true essence of it. I thought it was something totally different. And can you explain that a little bit so people understand? Yeah, I'll explain from my point of view of how I experience it. And I'd love for you to weigh in because it, you know, we all, maybe it shows up in different ways. Um, but for me, it's, it's like an enmeshment. Um, I've heard it 
I've heard it like said, like a collapsing in your relationship and, and how we know it is that we project onto that person, sometimes a state that we have felt like I project onto the, this person in my life, a sense of helplessness because I have felt helpless. So when I treat him helpless, then he actually gets reaffirmed in his helplessness. And then he thinks he needs me in order to do anything. And then I feel super, uh, you know, powerful because someone else needs me. But then I also feel like depleted and resentful because someone else is needing me. So the lines are all blurred. And when I come back to myself of, what is it that I'm running from inside myself that I need to be responsible for me and my actions and my world? And also how do I let this other person have their own experience? And, and it's not as simple as you go have your own experience and I shut you down because all the while I'm still trying to be in relationship, like relating in intimacy, in connection, in union. And that is, my friends, the yoga of it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, and I want to touch on that, too. And I really, I've, I've had a bunch of codependent stuff come up recently with some family members. And, and it was really interesting. Sukraj, who was Kendlin and I's yoga, one of our teachers, um, and she was talking about the karma of your ancestors and clearing the karma, and th particularly through the holiday season, she was like, "Oh, it's all going to come up." And da, da, da. and I was like, Psh, "I don't. I'm good. My family's great, right?" And then, of course, it was like, "Nope, sh you've got these lessons that you get to learn about fixing and rescuing and the whole thing." And it really caused caused a massive problem because it's how do you still, like you said, be in relationship from your heart with somebody? trusting that spirit has got their back and your back and everyone else's back and it's not your job to fix them. But it's like as healers, as helpers, as change makers, you know, we want to go, oh, look, you're fall down. Let me help you get up, you know, and as simple as that. But it's like, and even as a mother, it's like, nope, you fell down. You know, you're old enough now, get up. And it's really hard because we do carry that energy of the healer, the mama, the you know, the one who wants to lift people up. And it's like, it's not our job to do that. It's so it's, it's a tough one. It's a, such a tough one. And, and I liked what you said, that's the yoga. So I want, I'd love if you could elaborate on that a little bit too, because in the, in the old days, I used to think yoga was just a class that you went to and that was it, you know? And so I, I want, I'd love to hear how you share the word. That's the yoga of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the union of opposites, mm. you know, the union of apparent opposites, right? Um, so a lot of that yoga is going to be our minds, the uniting these apparent opposites, my desire to fix with the knowing that you have to know yourself as someone who can fix yourself. Um, that that is, you know, that's an inherent tension. So the union of those opposites for me comes through in my thinking of, you know, lots of different distinctions. Like, I mean, that's why we're on the spiritual path. So I remember Byron Katie who wrote Loving What Is. 
she talked about never wanting to um, cheat someone out of their path mm. because it was her path, her, and she had a pretty brutal path that woke her up to her true self. So I think about that kind of thing. And I think about like the arrogance that I might have if I think that that person's not doing it right. Um, and I also feel that, that part of the yoga is channeling this desire I have, which I think you, you named as like this mother, this maternal mother desire. So what's in the feminine? That's one of the archetypes. You know, we are the queen. And then we're the mother, the lover, the medial, the Amazon. And um, some of us overdo our mother energy. But, but even if we back that mother energy off, yes, and you have young kids. So, yeah. And you also came out of them being babies. Yeah. So now you have to readjust your own thinking about what's age appropriate. And, but we're still mothers. We still, and I never had children, but believe me, I am the queen of hearts in the deck of cards. I am the mother of all. <laughs> so it's so easy for me to mother anything that comes near me. Um, and what I found is that what a great thing to channel into my work in the world. Yeah. So now I say, let's not mother people, let's mother causes. Let's be, um, that's a great place for my energy to come through like a cause. And I love to volunteer at sanctuaries um, because I love animals. I also volunteered when I was overseas with some orphanages. You know, they need all the mothering and all the love. And mm. your karmic stuff is not going to get all intertwined because in a way you're, you're in a mythic role, the mythic role of the mother, mm. not the personal role of the mother where it's your karmic shit also in play and then they're you know they're mirroring you but maybe it you know it's like you can be really the mythic role of the mother and wrap your divine arms around these beings and feed these beings and give them medicines and nutrients and everything that mother earth gives us so in that transpersonal way we get to fulfill this energy without it um, being codependent or without us having energy leaks. And that's the whole point of why don't I want to be codependent? Well, not to mention the, just the limiting um, system that it has on the other person as well as myself. It's an energy leak. And I don't, have, I don't get to operate as my full self in full like superconduction. I'm sort of leaking it out so I don't have all the available resources of that energy. But I think when we step into the mythic role, we actually do. I love hearing it fra framed that way because, you know, and I think too, I think about women who have chosen not to have children. And I imagine, you know, when you are in this, this, you know, fifth, sixth decade of life, it's like, okay, I'm not having some a baby come out of my body. However, I still have this beautiful energy and this natural energy to, to be mom, you know, to be mama. And, and, and it doesn't have to be the old version, you know, the, the traditional version of it. And it's, I love hearing that it's like, oh yeah, you don't have to have your karma mixed up. You can just do this in service of, of that energy flowing from a clean state and not, um, 
you know, and I like, of course, I love the term energy leaks. We use that a lot. And I'm like, oh, right. I have, I have a money energy leak here. I have, you know, different things that go around. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a leaky motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, I can't MacGyver this one. I better do some real work. (laughs) Yeah, right. Bubble gum ain't going to help. It's not there. It's not there. It's there. It's like, you're like, dude, um, you're, you're leaking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome. And so do you, um, do you run into that with the, the, like, it sounds like, do you work with women in this demographic? Or are you working with a broad range of women? What's your, what's your kind of audience? That's your, your, your sweet spot of the women that you serve? Yeah, I I thought it was going to be just mid-aged women, but it's I've got millennial women too. And what I think the common denominator is among these women is they want a spiritual answer to a lot of the problems that they're having. Mm. Um, so some people can be CEOs of companies, but they want to integrate their spirituality into their company. And then some others are just kind of on the other end of addiction and they want to, you know, they've gotten through the, I would say the crisis point because my work isn't really in the crisis. My work's not trauma work. My work is like, how then do you be? And what do you want and how do we get you there? I really trust deeply in the women who come to me and their visions. So I try to draw out their vision and then see them and hold them in that vision and get them there. Because, you know, anytime we set for ourselves something we've never done, you know, a big vision for ourselves of what we've never done, we have to have oftentimes other people to help us achieve it because otherwise we tend to believe our thoughts and we just kind of circle in what we've always been doing. You know, and so let's take advantage of an event. Like I love reinvention. So let's take an advantage of an event like a divorce or your business change or a death in the family that frees you up in a certain way. Um, Your kids go to school or, you know, you just got out of rehab and you've been working on yourself and now you're ready. It can be anything that is now you're up for a reinvention. Yeah because you're, you're, it's, those people are ready and willing. And then the other aspect of my clientele is, are those who have a really deep heart for service. I'm, I feel like that's our mandate as warriors in this, um, you know, in Kundalini, we say in this Aquarian age. So I, I tend to want to work with people who not don't just want a good life, but want to serve other people or the planet or other species with their true gifts. Yeah, big time. How do you work with people who are these giver healers, who are powerful leaders, who are um, the change makers in the world and people who are at the point of transformation you know i like to refer to it as life remodeling right it's like okay we're remodeling the sucker because like you said the barns burned down and um and it doesn't have to be that big of a transition but how do we thread okay here's the state of where we are we don't want to go into this codependent vibe and a lot of us i know for me i've had 
like trouble asking for help because I don't want to appear weak and I do want to appear as the the strong, you know, giver, capable person. And so there's this, um, sometimes I think people have a block to getting the mentors and to getting the coach or to getting a group of people who, you know, can help take them to the next level because they have some old stories of like, I'm supposed to do this myself. If I was good enough, strong enough, you know, intelligent enough, whatever it is, I should be able to do this on my own. And so how do you, how do you help people who might have that, you know, conversation, the next, that programming going on inside of their little, their little operating system? Yeah. Well, it, I find that that's a racket, as we say. It's a front <laughs> for covering up probably a huge fear that if you actually did what you said you're going to do or wanted to do, that you'd now be responsible for a bunch of things. And that, yeah, that tends to be the bigger fear. So we kind of make up a bunch of things that we say are on the outside, like I can't afford it, I don't have any time, or I should be able to do this myself. When um, if all that were true, you would have already done it. And so it's just a front. It's a racket for something else that's going on behind it. You know, when I moved to Encinitas from Boulder, I um, started attracting into my class these these leaders of women, like multi-million dollar leaders of women. And I started hanging out with them. And one thing I noticed is that they have a mentor, a guide, a coach for everything. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's how it works. But they sort of, they hack the formula. They know that if they want the best love life, dating life, um, money situation, um, just power in the world, they get support. They're constantly working on themselves. And I don't mean working from the come from place of something's wrong, but they're working from the come from place of, I want to just keep expanding because yeah. they know that the service that they provide their people will just become greater and greater as they evolve and grow. So I learned a huge lesson. And when I, um, well, well, you know, for me, when I signed up with one of my first coaches, I tripled my revenue. Wow. I, and more importantly, the reason why I tripled my revenue was because the blocks that were in the way from my revenue, I, I got over them. And I only got over them because somebody was really calling me forward. I had, I mean, sometimes being intelligent, as your, your viewers might relate to this, it's like you're your own worst enemy. You come up with so many great arguments that you're like, that was a good one. Yeah. I think I won't do that because that was good. But your coach doesn't buy that crap. <laughs> your coach is like, nice one. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I remember just hitting walls, wall after wall after wall for probably three or four months of that beginning part of the program. But it was totally necessary. I had to hit every wall. And like you, I didn't want to share it. Um, not because I thought I should get over it myself. I was just embarrassed of having that wall. And then I was embarrassed um, that I needed help. And I also knew that if I said it, I would have to be accountable to doing something about it. Mm. But since I plunked down the money, and the money is a very great motivator, if you usually plunk down enough money, the, right. chance, the question I sometimes ask my clients is, how much money do you need to pay me 
in order for you to do the work. Ooh, wow. That's yeah. a good one. It yeah. really, it's true. If you don't have skin in the game, it's like you are not going to show up as the best version of the player is who's playing the game, you know? And I noticed this with giving away free things. It's kind of like, and I, when I receive free things, I don't, it's just the human nature. We don't value it as much. We don't put as much energy into the thing. And it's, yeah. that's a big one. That's a really Yeah, because if you really had to confront the parts of you that were keeping you stuck, that were so terrifying to you at a certain level, that, you know, you would rather just dance around it or do the laundry or fix someone else's life, you know, but when you finally get sick of it enough, you hire someone, but how much money do you have to pay them where you'll really do the work? And when they tell you to go out there and do it, you do it anyway, even though everything inside of you is like burning with some shame or fear. <laughs> and I, that's what I did. And, and it happened fast because once we're in action, it happens fast. You know, then, uh, you know, the confidence came online. I like trained myself into confidence. And that doesn't mean that I have only confidence and no fear, but now I kind of understand it. So I, just breathe through it and do it and pray a lot <laughs> and then have my friends around me and my tribe, my people to support me in who I'm becoming. I, I love hearing the tribe part. And I also want, I want to take a step back on the shame. The shame is a big one, Ken Lynn, as you know, this from your personal experience, I think, you know, for me, I've had my own shame around asking for help on you know, feeling depressed when I was having trouble, you know, drinking too much. It was like, I'm not, I'm going to figure this one out on my own. And I didn't surround myself with the tribe to hold me accountable. And now that I've claimed it and it's like, okay, sometimes I get sad and depressed and I can go there. And I'm like, now I've surrounded myself with people who aren't going to let me fall through the cracks, you know, and they know that they just know, like they've got my back. Nobody's, you know, they're not going to let me go there again. Cause it's like, we're, we're stronger together and we're more in touch. And, but that shame monster, man, that sucker will keep you, it'll keep you from moving forward. And it, it can be deadly for some people, you know? And I, I got to a point where I almost died because of the shame and not asking for help, you know? And, and I certainly never want anybody to ever have to go that far down the shame hole with whatever it is, you know, whether it's a money thing or a relationship thing or, you know, uh, obviously a health thing or a substance thing. It's kind of, it, it, it's, it really is pervasive. I find with a lot of people, you know, cause there's, it's like when you show weakness, what's a perceived weakness of the, I don't have it together. It, it means you might get excommunicated from a tribe. Yeah. You might die. It's like, it's an old programming, obviously it's a survival mechanism. And so how do we, how do we help people you know, obviously, you know, as you're saying, it's like your tribe, your tribe, your tribe, you know, you have obviously a paid tribe of people who are professionals who will call you out. You have curated a, a beautiful tribe of people who just love you because they love you, you know, and it's like that discernment to magnetize those people into your life and not allow the people who are going to let you get away with your old shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, interestingly that you bring this up. Um, 
on the eve of my 50th birthday, I drove out to Colorado listening to Brene Brown and the power of vulnerability. Mm, And that's all about shame. And I realized that we all have good coping mechanisms, a lot of us uh, around shame. What some things that we like, we hit the shame wall and we just divert. And one thing she said was that shame gets perpetuated when you keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. So she talked about having like your besties and your people who um, you can just, you know, she says she sit, she goes into a closet and <laughs> calls her best friend and talks about it. So I remember right before I turned 50 and had my threshold crossing that I called one of my friends and I said, I need, I need to share something with you right now. I am in so much shame mm. and I just need to share it with you because one of the things I just learned is that shame likes secrets and I don't want to keep this a secret. So I shared with her what it was that was bothering me. And I can't even remember, but I think it was just where I was at in life. You know, it was, I was so tremendously challenged. I mean, I knew the Chiron return for me was really good, but it was so challenging at my core. Mm. And I did a lot of crying before I turned 50 um, and really reckoning with myself and meeting myself. And I think I just had to let someone in on that process. And how did that someone receive you? Oh, it was just great. I mean, I've been friends with her for a long time and she's on the spiritual path. She's in our sister tribe. Um, You know, one of the things that I value in friendship is those friends who don't have to fix you, Mm. but just can listen. So it's like a note to those of us who are fixers that sometimes our friends really... They they can pay people to fix them and they can have us as just this unconditional positive regard, mirroring back our greatness. And yes, calling us forward if we see things and saying, hey, you might want to get some help with that because I notice you're stuck. Can I give you some feedback? That's cool. But but a lot of our friendships can be, and my tribe friendships are just unconditional positive regard regard right now and that's really how she received me and then like I don't even remember what it was because I already moved through it and passed it and do you feel by opening up to her on that level do you feel closer oh yeah it was amazing for our friendship and see that's the whole power of vulnerability that Brene Brown is speaking to that if we can allow someone in to that part of our heart and serve, you know, notice that we're surviving that and that we didn't get annihilated and die or ostracized from the tribe, that we actually become more connected and more intimate and we have deeper bonds. And that kind of bonding then in turn are those people who for us would do anything like you mentioned, they have our backs, they won't let us fall they will always speak to who they know we are. Um, And that comes from that, also from that deep bonding. So it's a no, like, and that's what we crave as people. We crave it in a lover. We craved it when we were younger in our parents. Um, And now what I'm seeing as when I go to this half of life, I'm seeing that I can have that with myself 
And I'm also seeing I can have that with a group, with the tribe, that it doesn't have to all fall on the romantic partner's job <laughs> or the kid's job. You know, that's quite a burden. So we can have these deep, intimate, vulnerable relationships with different people. And they, they serve different roles. Like your sister tribe will be so different than your lover. Um, you know, and I think the same is true for men. Totally. I think I, I also think with the discernment of who you feel, because vulnerability has massive power, you know, when, and it will smash shame to become vulnerable and get close, like you had said. And I remember Brene Brown said, like, you share your story with the people who have earned the right to hear it. Mm. Not just, so it's, it's like, you don't want to just go, okay, well, I need to be vulnerable and share my feeling, my shame sandwich with somebody, you know, like, uh, it's like, really, like, how do we, how do we develop that trust? Well, it's like bit by bit, we share little bits of ourselves and get closer in our relationships, you know, and trust mm. does take time to develop. And, but it, you got, you got to open up, you know, you, gotta, you know, you, you mentioned that's so good. You know, she says also in this, she said in that book that um, going to people's, like um, your family's funerals uh, is something that produces trust. Like, mm -hmm. so if my father passed, my friend's coming to that funeral. I, I that has really changed my point of view around um, like going to people's weddings or mm -hmm. events that they have. I realized that I wanted to be that person for other people. Mm. So I started to open my schedule and get out of my comfort zone to travel to weddings, um, you know, some birthday celebrations, you know, just some significant events for people. And it was Brene Brown who really said that that's one way to grow trust between people. That's so true. I haven't really pondered that I love that because it, it's true you think about it it's like oh my gosh she was there for me when da, 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 you know and you do have that it just takes these little things of showing up it's that show up factor and I, I relate like I'm a I'm now that I'm not drinking anymore I'm a total hermit and I'm a happy hermit and I love it and I'm like oh I actually like hanging out and doing my thing and being creative but it's like Val you got to go out and be with the human beings. And, you, know, you can't just, you know, so I feel like I'm getting, um, I'm learning. I'm still learning how to be this new person, but it does, you get that trust factor and that connection. So yeah. Wow. And you pick your people because we can't, you know, we can't do that. I think Malcolm Gladwell in one of his books talked about, um, I, I, the word, 13 is coming to my mind and I don't remember but it was like our our close connections or we can only handle so many of them yeah. and I know some people like to be broader I tend to like to be deeper so I can handle less because I go deeper so I'm just you know there's just circles of tribes uh, that we have and different ways we want to relate to those tribes and those are part of the intentional questions we ask ourselves when we design our life and um and now thinking about the end in mind and working backward like when i die yes. what do i want to have said about my life experience and right. about who i am and about what i offer um and how i gave and loved and so then we work we reverse engineer and 
then can start implementing. And what I love about your work, Val, is that you talk about these small steps on the way to a big dream. Yeah. And that's right on. It, it is. And I feel like we sometimes lose sight of what our big dream, what our mission, what our purpose is on this planet, because we think we're supposed to fill the role of the good wife, the good mom, the good lawyer, the good, you know, all the things that we think. And then we're like, shit, I just sold my soul for all these other things. And you don't realize it until you have these big wake up calls in your life, whether it's a turning of age, whether it's, you know, somebody dies, you do the divorce, whatever. And it's just like, oh, fuck, who am I? You know, and that's what I feel like the training of all for all of us. It's like just these little tiny things and having that awareness, like always knowing like this is the thing, like staying connected to the thing, the dream, the, the mission, you know, because I think we all did say we had a contract. We said, yes, like, I'll go on this journey. I'm coming to earth. I'm doing the thing, you know, and it's like, then we get all sidetracked, you know, so it's awesome. So that's where that yoga comes back in. One more, one more thing about that sure, is yeah. that word that yoga comes back in of learning when we overextend and learning when we were we we went from service to now playing the good wife. Like, how did that even happen? I I wanted to show up with all my best intentions, and then I started denying myself. Yeah, that's where this yoga, and I'm really working with this yoga of autonomy and sovereignty one of my you know my women's group program will be called sovereign mm. so i'm really just feeling like that's where we are in the age of the the feminine rising we're at this place where we actually cannot anymore give away ourselves without first being here and filling our cup but and also checking in with our truth and to suffer disappointing someone for those of us who are, you know, empaths or people pleasers or fixers is a real tough one. But it's necessary to always come back to our sovereignty. And if, you know, just like a child, if a child's like, I want this, I want this, and you have to say no as the, as the sovereign parent here, like the one who has seen the landscape you have to say no. And so working that yoga is so important. And we only know it sometimes by the mistakes that we made. We overdo it or we underdo it. And then we go, oh, yeah, that's, I'm going to add a little more of this and a little less of that. I love that. Well, And I think about, you know, like you said, you go in with this great intention in a relationship, you know, and you're like, well, I'm not going to give myself away too much in you know, this marriage or this business relationship, whatever the thing is, and then you find it, it gets eroded over time. And then I'll, like, again, you're in that weird, like, oh, where the heck is that? How did I get here? How do you, like, I'm somebody who understands that discipline and ritual and practice works if you do it. And I'm also somebody who's, you know, has, I have an old story of resisting that because like oh I just want to free flow and be in the moment and la 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 you know and that's too rigid for me and and obviously both spec you know both ends of the spectrum aren't the healthy choice you know so it's like how can you how can you develop and cultivate a, a daily practice an hourly practice a moment by moment practice to keep yourself sovereign and present and centered and truth in your satnam, you know, and satnam is the truth is my identity. And 
kundalini yoga and, and gamuki. And so it's very like, how do we, how do we practice that? And, you know, and still be in that service role and in that beautiful relationship, you know, that this is like a whole, like, how do we get to do that? And the word sovereign, like, I want to hear, I still want to, I want you, I want to unpack that a little bit more still. When I think of sovereign, I think it's a sovereign nation, it's all alone and it's standing by itself. So I have a, I think <laughs> I have a misconception of like the, the Simon and Garfunkel song, like I am a rock, I'm an island. You know, I just think of somebody being all alone, you know, and I'm like, no, that I don't think that's what it means, Val. But so I'm glad you asked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know I probably wouldn't have used this word. Um, In my earlier days, Um, I would have been afraid of it, you know, but I'm now no longer afraid of it because, you know, it's all yoga. It's like, I think that's the message of this one because it's so funny. You know, it's like, there's the self and there's the not self. And it's like, um, it's like the sovereignty is to be the, the truest form of yourself. And in that, I think the opportunity is to have the mythic energy flow through you. Mm. I don't, I don't know if we get that opportunity. I mean, maybe we do just by sheer grace, but perhaps if we want to harness it more intentionally, then having a very um, clear notion of the self. And I use that kind of capital S, not the personality self that can get her feelings hurt or who, you know, has her inner child having demands and wants or her inner teenager, but this sovereign self, the truth of something in that moment, even because it can change, but in that moment. So in a one weird way, it is, there is that sense of an island of alone because you're, you know, like what they say, you, you come into incarnation alone and you die alone. But there's a great quote that my ex-boyfriend used to always say to me. He said, you are alone with everything you love. So we're not alone and we are alone and that's the yoga. You know, we are everything and our experience in consciousness is of a separate self. So the, the yoga is to work that own that, claim that separate self, claim the power that is coming through this unique template as me. And then I think the yoga is also, and then, you know, that allows me to be in connection, in intimacy. Because when I'm over here attending to my own business, I am totally more available to hear you and your truth and your experience. Does that make sense? It's getting there. <laughs> yeah, it's getting there, right. I know. It is. I mean, I'm getting, like, I sense this, like, the more I am the true me, the self, the the big S, like you said, the, you know, because can you imagine, like, this planet, if we were all operating on that truth and showing up with each other? It's like, wow. It's like, what an authentic way to be together and be, you know, growing and learning and being alive on the planet, you know, like, do you can tell when people are not that way, like you can tell when they want something from you, or you can tell when there's this thing. And so you're not having that energy of 
you know, the not codependent experience with each other. Like, do you have people in your life that are not paid coaches or not paid mentors, but obviously you have this great sister tribe. Like, do you have people in your life that you just know, like they're super sovereign. That's, and this is who I kind of want to, I want to vibe like that. I want to, I want to resonate. Yeah. I'm mostly older women, you know, mm-hmm. cause there are no, they've learned, they've gotten past people pleasing. It's like they've, they've cleaned up enough conditioning where they really trust the information coming through their bodies, really trust it. Um, and one of them is the friend of mine that who in our, one of our friends who introduced us, um, who I was referring to have just turned 52. One of her great superpowers is how she listens to herself and her body. Mm. So, so many of us have gone through abandonment issues, you know, raise your hand. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and a lot of that abandonment is we self-abandoned. You know, I, mm. I know that I had truths that I could not bring myself to follow. I just couldn't because it, it felt like I would die if I did. You know, if I walked away from the guy who wasn't treating me super well or the way I wanted to be treated, I felt like I would die because I had my codependent, my attachments, um, my conditioning and programming that, that kept me there. But I was all the while dying inside knowing like, no, no, no. Can't I just speak? Can't I just be free? Can't I just be loved for who I am? That's when we start to give ourselves that, that is sovereignty. Mm. Trusting it. It's not me over you or me against you. It's, it's that we're in harmony. And if, and if there's a no over here, then it really is a no for you too. That, that there's a yes somewhere else. You thought it may have been me, but it's not me until it is me, <laughs> you know, because we can change our minds. So that's the beauty of this dance. And when, when I trust and when I surrender and when these women who are, who are, like you say, vibing that and I get to witness them, I can feel in them a trustability that mm-hmm. their yes is really a yes, that they're not trying to people please or placate, but that they're, they're going to back it with their full self. In their presence. That's a huge gift. Ultimately, that becomes the gift that we have to offer. It is the gift. And I think of, okay, so let's, I want to got a couple of fun things to dissect here. For our seven day experiment, I know we've chatted about doing this, and I don't know if you have one. And do you have one that you came up with? Because I just like kind of one just flashed. Yeah, just tell me what yours is. I'm just going to share it. We can always do all of them. We can do two experiments, you know, because it's an experiment, dang it. Um, (laughs) um, I would, you know, when you said self abandon, I had heard that phrase several times before, but it's just, it's hitting me again. It's like, how do we self abandon on a regular basis? You know, how do we give our our truth away? How do we say yes to our no's and no's to our yeses? Like in this book that I've been, you know, birthing in my belly, like that's something that it's really evident of how I lost part of myself as I said, I just too many times I said yes to my no's and no to my yeses. And, and I'm wondering like for an experiment for just people to observe, you know, like every day, like, are you 
are you giving yourself away? Are you abandoning yourself, your truth? And just being mindful of that. And then, you know, what, what does it feel like in your body? And then what does it feel like in your body? If you're noticing that I'm actually being sovereign and standing my truth and standing me, the, re the real me, like, how does that feel instead? And just giving people an opportunity to compare and contrast. Um, or even feel if you don't feel comfortable being in your sovereign self, if that's scary to you, if, if you're still like, you still haven't even embraced yourself yet. And all that's okay. I mean, it's a journey. Yeah. I remember being afraid of myself and afraid of my power and afraid that I really didn't have a right. I mean, I think what was the story in the background is I don't really have a right to be here. So how can I fill in the blank? So, you know, for me, like, for example, I did want to have a child. So I would attract men who did not want to have a child. And my job was to try to convince them to have one. So it was like I was saying, I'm not going to value my dream, but I'm going to try to get you to want my dream. And that, you know, that's the opposite of what I'm talking about. So if I would have said, you know what, this is really a legitimate dream of mine. I'm going to make it happen. And I do know people who have. That would have been an act of my sovereignty, saying this is true for me and I'm, go I'm going to make it happen for me. Yeah. So I was afraid of that. And maybe the, even just the noticing of the fear will move us along in one day fully being able to claim that sovereign self. I love it. And so claiming so sovereign self, you have an event coming up and- yeah. I want to talk about your awesome event and what people can expect. And I'd love to hear some more details. And it seems like it's in alignment with in it's in alignment with this conversation. Yeah. I mean, this is my, my work. I curated this event because I kept hearing women in my classes, my, uh, the women I coach or jump on discovery calls with, I just kept hearing that there was this chronic, there is this chronic, um, self-doubt, mm -hmm. overwhelm, and sometimes lack of clarity around purpose. All of it just feels confusing, or you know it, but you doubt it. And I felt like, okay, we're in this time, this incredible, remarkable time in history when women are truly being asked to rise. Hence, I put the name rise on my event. It's February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd in Encinitas, California. Awesome. Yeah. And so I just wanted to curate an event where at first we celebrate this rising because it is a sea change in history. And maybe um, we don't really see it because we're not, we're in our granular lives. In our granular lives, it might feel like business as usual, but on the arc of the big picture, women are truly being asked to become their sovereign selves. And it's happening more than ever. And not just to women who are 50, but like even, you know, 20 and 30 year old women are hearing that call to embody their authentic voice and, and to honor their yeses and honor their noes. And then also to contribute. So this event will celebrate that and it will also will do some things to 
get us over the hump if we're experiencing challenges around self-doubt and fear and overwhelm. Um, I'm also going to do some kundalini. I use these rebirthing techniques in our um, workshops, which are amazing. So it sets the energetic tone. You already start to shed the not self, the things that are not you, your conditioning. And then we'll do these practices. Saturday night, we're going to do a queen adornment ceremony. That sounds fun. (laughs) And that will give us practice to be in this sovereign self and to speak our dreams from our voice. And I think when we speak them in tribe, we get more confident and we get more mirrored in that Yes, yes, we can feel the resonance and vibration that we are supported here on this planet to do that very thing. So the women I'm imagining will walk out of this retreat feeling a big inner yes and some clarity around what that yes is um, attached to for their service and work in the world, their contribution, what, what what they're here to do. And then I put together out of that my nine-month group program for women, which is called Sovereign, so that they can take that and work it in a granular way. Because yes, we will have great energy from the retreat. And for those women who have something they really want to birth into form, this will be the place to do it. So I'm really excited and I invite all your women, it's women only, sorry guys, (laughs) women only um, to come to California in February and and just do this. I think 2019 is going to be quite epic. So let's kick it off. I totally agree. And they can find you at kenlincolleen.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave all the show notes and every, every all of her links and everything in the show notes on DJ Valerie Beloved's website. And um, really quick, I want to circle back to your the event and then your 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 nine month uh, course that you do. You call it a course? What do you call it? Like a mastermind? Yeah. What's it's what is it? it's a it's a mastermind. It's a course. It's a circle, a soul sister circle. Mm-hmm. But it'll have a curriculum of working through like the nine diamonds of sovereignty. Ooh, I love it. I have it. a diamond theme right now. <laughs> we're giving away. It'll shine bright like a diamond, baby. Shine oh, bright like a diamond. And we're giving away a diamond ring on that uh, that weekend. I, I saw uh, that on the, the yeah. flyer you sent. I'm like, a oh, diamond ring, girl. Okay. I love it. You, um, you know, uh, someone gave me the idea because she was wearing one on her, on her, um, ring finger. And I said, are you engaged? She's like, no, I got this at an event. And what struck me was like, you married yourself. That's sovereignty. (laughs) And if you'll marry you, somebody else will marry you and and a whole tribe will marry you. Exactly. I love, love, love that. Um, Wow. That feels good. And so, okay, I want to just, I want to unpack that even a little more with your, the, the mastermind. So when we talked, you had told me that you're gonna some link a service project, some type of a service project with your mastermind. And that inspired me a trillion percent because you know, all of all the proceeds that we generate with a big dream school, I donate 11% to uh, charities that support the sustainable development goals and mental health and all, all of the good stuff here. And so I love that you're doing not just, oh, let's just donate some money. But it sounds like you're going to, you know, you may not have the exact thing, but I love that you're creating a service project associated with your gorgeous mastermind group and your, your course. Because that, that to me is like a, 
as a as a participant of of things, I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, that's I that sets it apart energetically, big time. You know, it's not just about oh how do I what do I get out of it. It's like what you know in in action. It's so I love true. it. I love, love, love you for doing this. Thank you. Well, you know, the women I hear from, I mean, I'm sourcing from the women. It's it's my own vibration, like my own resonance. And I'm also asking women, you know, what are you here to do? And everyone's like, I'm here to hear, I'm here to heal. I'm here to serve. I'm here to contribute. I'm here to make this place a better place. I'm here to make a difference. Um, And so I was, I thought, yeah, me too. So let's get in action around that. And I noticed that I don't really want to do things by myself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can. And uh, and yet I thought, how much more fun if we spend this nine months together, really going deep, really working our stuff, moving through, supporting each other, um, having breakthroughs in the things that are important to us. And then we celebrate by doing a service project, probably I, I'm, I'm looking at different couple different countries. Like one country is Guatemala, and they we can have touch points with children as well mm. as with animals and the environment and nature. That's kind of my criteria. I want to make a difference for children, and I want to make a difference for animals and be in nature. Love it. And and I just think, okay, well, let's just do it together because probably none of us will all dream about it, but we won't do it unless we do it together. Oh, it's just, it's like chocolate and peanut butter, you know, you're putting, in, <laughs> you're putting all the good stuff together, girl. I love this phrase. I always use that phrase, you know, because it's like, yeah, combine two awesome things to make something better, you know, and that's what you're up to. And I think it's just, it's magic. And just curious, did you plan... Was nine months just sort of like, oh, it's on the calendar? Or were you like, oh, nine months? That's how much many months a baby is supposed to get born, you know? Like, you know, what was your... Yeah, I mean, that gestation period is not lost on me. Um, So it was part of the thinking. Um, I used to do groups in six-month modules. Mm -hmm. And most women would re-up for the next six months. Because six months, you know, it's not long enough. And I think what I love about it is we'll actually start in March and we'll end in November and our trip will probably be October. So we'll have all this like really awesome high energy um, at, at the end of our, our time together, but we'll still have enough time to process it and be together. And then the holidays happen. So it, it just was like, it's perfect. It it's like great fun. timing. I know I'm thinking, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to call it. I'm going to emulate that model. Note to self. Yeah. Yeah. Note to, note to little interval. (laughs) (laughs) I like when you said inner teen too earlier, because I always think of inner child. Oh, my inner child. But I'm like, I definitely have an inner teen that has, you know, she's gotten me, she still gets me into trouble sometimes. So (laughs) yes, we're going to have conversations. I love you too. Um. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, one of the modalities, the way I work is to talk to all of those parts because Mm. they actually, you know, just like your teenager at home, sometimes they just like nail it. They are not going to sugarcoat it. They have a really um, strong point of view and to listen to them doesn't mean you have to do it, but there's the part of us that can listen to them and witness them and say, you know, good point. I'm going to um, take that under advisement. <laughs> I love that. And I love hearing you say you talk to all these different parts of yourself and different ages, you know, I think it's genius. So I, I love you so much. 
much. (laughs) (laughs) I love you too. I'm so excited for this podcast and everything you're doing to uplift humanity and just know that we can take these, we can have our big dreams and all it takes is all these tiny steps. I mean, you're brilliant. We're all, it's, it's all of us. Like we're, keep, we're just reflecting the awesomeness of each other. Totally. <laughs> totally, man. Hey, so I want to ask you, okay, so let's, let's song of the week. You sent me a song by an artist named Fia, F-I-A, like Frank, not Sia, who I love you, Sia. Um, do you want to share with the listeners the name of it and why it's special to you? Yes. Oh, y'all, you have to listen to this. Okay. It's Fia. Like she said, F is in Frank, I-A. She's uh, from Sweden, but I think her boyfriend's in San Diego. So I'm, we might see more of her. I saw her in concert in Encinitas um, last year, and she is just a star seed. She's a millennial mm. who has a message. I talk about what we were saying before about this knowledge that we as midlifers, I as a midlife woman have, this is in this woman. She is, she came in with it. So she's singing these songs. And the song that I picked for us is called Shedding Skins. Mm. I play it all the time in my Kundalini yoga classes. And my students invariably, like five people come up to me after class and say, what was that song? I must have it. Wow. Cool. Thank you. Okay, great. So we'll, that'll be our awesome song of the week. And so for, for the experiment of the week, Kenlyn, what do you think? What do you want to do? And will you do it yeah. with me the week that we, the week that we broadcast, will you do the experiment with me? And then we can share our journey on the experiment with, with the big love tribe. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, I do that. I love that experiment. That is my practice. I want to ingrain it into me. So I think that is perfect. I'm going to add a little hack to that. Cool. Yeah. I want to hear your take on that. Yeah. So what allows me to do that check-in process is slowing down because it's the auto responses that get us in trouble. You know, Mm -hmm. when we respond right away um, to, especially when we're triggered, particularly, then we, you know, tend to operate from the not self, from the conditioned self. So what I've been doing more of, and this is from our Kundalini practice, I just did a 40-day meditation for a calm mind Mm. and an open heart. Um, So the meditation is just a deep inhale. You suspend your breath at the top of the inhale and hold it for as long as you can. And then without efforting, just exhale. Exhale all the air out and then hold it out for as long as you can, and then you take another inhale. And you can repeat that as much as you need to, but even just one breath like that slows you down. You'll be surprised. It gets you out of anxiety. It gets you out of trigger. I just started to, the inhale for me widens the belly. It extends the belly. So already just then in that one simple, like within two seconds, I'm already feeling better. I'm not triggered. And then I just hold it a little bit, exhale, exhale all the air out, inhale. So it's really smooth. There's no gasping in it. And if you're gasping, you're just holding a little too long. Mm -hmm. That to me allows the nervous system to regulate, calms it down. So you're not in a fight or flight state. You can be more connected to your center and your truth. 
And then from there, you can just ask the questions like, what is true for me? And if you don't know, I don't know is what's true for me. I don't know right now. Can I get back to you? <laughs> Practice some phrases. <laughs> Can I get back to you? I'll have right? my assistant get back to you, darling. <laughs> right? I mean, oh my God. I mean, you know, have four phrases that you um, are like practice phrases. If you're like a people pleaser and you don't know how to say no or you don't know how to end a conversation, practice breathing and then those four those four, um, like come up with four little things that you say, like, I don't know. Can I get back to you? Now is not a really good time for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I bet your kids like instinctively already know this. Oh my gosh. But we have to train ourselves. Yeah, we have to untrain ourselves. It's like we have to retrain, untrain, you know, smash some old patterns and write the new ones, you know? Um, I love that integration of our breath, of course, because that's what we have and it's our biggest tool and it's funny that you were snapping because you're like remember you know you just react and you start doing the snap thing yeah and, and thing. this week's <laughs> experiment is snapping so it's using our snap our finger as an anchor and sound is start now achieve progress or start now access power so i have all these little funny acronyms but it's like how can we get ourselves back into the moment and our breath is always you know, until the moment we pat, you know, transition, it's always there. So it's like, use that baby. That's our power. And so I love that you bring that in. I have had so many students. So we, we had about 30 of us do this 40 day meditation for a calm mind and open heart. And so many people came to me and said, this thing was so powerful. Mm-hmm. And, it, and all it is, is there's a mudra to it this or actually this was the mudra um but you don't even have to do that you know you can do the breathing at the grocery store in the line or on the phone with at&t or sprint or whoever your carrier is when your phone goes down during mercury retrograde or <laughs> oh my gosh well and that's the thing you want like i think the essence of doing these little micro practices are you know let's have a little mindful session where we do them whether it's seven days or 40 days or however long and then it's like then it gets part of your operating and how it's like yeah this is what i do when i'm in line or you know these are the things that you do instead of being irritated or you know having your monkey mind go in all the directions so it's like it's powerful it's super powerful stuff and it works um we did a gratitude practice a couple weeks ago and one of the women who who um she was my she was my partner last week for being my my buddy um, for a different one, but she was like, now I find myself in line at the grocery store and practicing gratitude instead of you know looking around and doing something else. She's like, I'm taking these moments of my life and I'm I'm doing something different with them. And so that's like these practices we can constantly be up leveling ourselves with these little mini mini doses of things, micro dose. <laughs> yeah, micro dose yourself right now on your breath. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> We're microdosing mastery practices. <laughs> oh yeah, that's such a great microdose mastery. Ooh, you're good, Val. You're it's, just, it's just what we do, right? So I mean, that's what gets us there. So, anyways, okay. So how about do you want to? Um, is there anything else you would like to share? And can you say your website address again and where everybody can find you? We'll have everything on. The, the show notes and the website and I'll I'll do a little trailer at the end but um 
Yeah. Is there anything you want to end with? And would you like to lead us out in, in a breathing, inhale, exhale, or however I, you want to say goodbye? I do. I do. Okay. That sounds great. Well, I do want to say too that um, I do have free gifts on my website called theartofturning50.com. Okay. And that's the number five zero, the art of turning 50, the art of turning 50.com. And um, you can opt in for like I do a meditation, a manifestation meditation. Um, I do a free gift, which is also a meditation for clearing the past and past karma and old relationships out of your field. And then I also have some downloadable. Um, really, my, my designer made some very beautiful statements like, I am authentic, I love my body, those kinds of things that are declarations of intentions for um, midlife or whenever, and you can download those. So just free gifts on my website if you want to go there. And my other website's kenlincolleen.com, and it's K-E-N-L-Y-N-K-O-L-L-E-E-N.com. And so, yeah, let us all, the way I like to end is sitting up straight, finding your sit bones rooted into either your pillow, a blanket, so that you're sitting on something that allows your spine to be straight. And then close your eyes, tuck your chin in, imagine a golden cord of light from the middle of your crown extending into the heavens elongating your spine so you're rooting into the earth while your head is extending into the heavens and then put your hands in gyan mudra and that is a mudra where your thumb tips and your index fingertips are touching it's like forms a circle and you can lay the backs of your palms on your legs or your knees and your eyes are closed and from here take a nice deep inhale and then suspend the breath. And then exhale through your nose. Exhale all the air out. Let it fall. Let it go. Push out the last vestiges of air and hold it out. And then inhale again. Let's do that one more time. Suspending the breath at the top of the inhale. Put a smile on your face as you exhale through the nose. And then exhale all that air out and hold it out. And then inhale the air in. And then just breathe naturally and scan your body and see how you feel just with two simple breaths. And flutter open your eyes. Oh, and hands in prayer pose. We bow to each other. And we bow to the work that we are here to collectively do with each other. And I look forward to seeing you in February at Rise. Yay, at Rise. <laughs> Yay, Kenlin. Thank you so much. I love you. Mwah. I love Yay, you too. Listeners. 
Well, I'll have all the details in the show notes for you guys to come and get all the goodies from Kenlin. And thank you so much for spending this time with us. And I wish I could come to your event. I have, I, I can't tell you what I might be doing this week, that weekend, but it's with my kids. And I, it, I'll tell you when it actually is for sure a thousand percent happening because your head's going to explode. So, um, <laughs> but I wish I could be in San Diego with you there, but it's, it's awesome. So Kenlin puts on amazing events and just send uh, your, just send your proxies. Yes. I'll send the, the, the California and elsewhere love tribe. You can all go to, to San Diego and Encinitas and see Kenlin. Yay. And we'll FaceTime you. Yay. <laughs> Yay. All right, mama. I love you. All right, love tribe, get on over to djvaleriebelove.com forward slash 012rise, R-I-S-E, and you can download your free dream sheet for the week and do our seven-day experiment. Kellen's going to be my buddy this week, and we are going to talk in social media and Facebook and Instagram and everything about how we're doing on this experiment, and this week's experiment is about self-sovereignty and noticing, you know, taking that inhale, pausing, exhale, pausing, getting grounded, and then noticing, is this true for me right now? Are we allowing our boundaries to be crossed? Are we, you know, not being true to ourselves? So really noticing our truth and are we operating from a place of truth and what does that feel like in our body? So each and every day, this week for the seven day experiment, we're going to pay attention to, are we being truthful with our yeses and with our nos? And that's it. It's super simple. And we're going to use our breath to get us in centered mode and not in reactive mode. So thank you, Kenlin. I'm super excited. Again, zero one two rise DJ forward slash zero one two rise. All right. Can't wait to do this experiment with y'all. Aloha. Thanks again for listening to this awesome big dream school podcast. If you received any benefit and you like it, it would mean the world to me. If you could please take a moment to send us a review on iTunes and subscribe will help us get this message and these tools out there to all of the big dreamers like you. Thank you again and many, many blessings to you in